Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, depending on where you're at. I'm Ray Rossini, joined as always on MSP Community Live by my co-host, Mr. Matt Topper. How you doing, Matt? Doing awesome. How about you? Another beautiful day. Can't complain. I am leaving the Miami weather, which is hot, cool, hot, rainy, cool, hot, uh, any given minute to go to Arizona for six days on Sunday. So just hot every minute. Yeah. Now, I, I'm looking forward to hanging out with friends and doing the networking thing and doing the work stuff, but uh, it's Arizona, so <laughs> not, not too sure I'm excited about doing that. What about you? Any big plans coming up? No, uh, you know, football weekend, baseball playoff weekend, so big sports weekend coming up. Um, not too much going on other than that, though, just hanging out and hanging at home and my Big accomplishment this week is I managed to mention Pearl in three separate LinkedIn posts in one week. <laughs> Why in the world would you mention Pearl? Are you getting nostalgic? Are you like, you're going to go back, forget this .NET <laughs> craze? You're going to go like backwards? Yeah, let's bring there? it back. You know, well, everybody can run Strawberry on Windows and be done with it. Um, I can't remember what it was. I, I mentioned it in some video and then two other posts that reminded me of something that was actually somehow still re still relevant today not the language right don't go out and learn pearl please let's be nostalgic i'm about sorry it I, I wasn't listening i was working on my cold fusion site with my uh my <laughs> flash pages <laughs> so, no but this stuff's still out there i mean it, it goes the way of the dodo bird where like there's very few people qualified to work on it thankfully pearl is one of those languages where it's like it's a little easier to understand um, it's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah, it's the PHP, you know, prior to PHP. Um, but you know, knowing how to maybe offload from it uh, would be a good skill set for MSPs. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Speaking of that, did, did you see Microsoft is deprecating VB Script? Finally, they announced that. Man, that hurts me because I used to be able to write Snake in it, and it was great. Um, <laughs> You know, what else? I, I know they're adding, they've added Python to Word uh, and other Office Suite apps. Um, but losing VBScript, I know I know on the security side, VBScript's a point of contention. It's a pain in the ass, just like macros, unsafe, blah, blah, blah. <clears throat> there were some legitimate use cases too, right? Like There were. Um, occasionally, I guess. <laughs> it's like, no, there was could make a decent login script with it, but you know, how many clients did you walk into and run into some labyrinth of a login script that like checked 45 things and you know mapped based on what position the sun was in is how it decided what drives the map. Um, so hopefully uh, all that is gone now. And if it's yeah, not, start I, getting rid of it because BB script is going away. I mean, it's funny they're getting rid of BB, BB script, but batch script still still rains uh you know the bash of windows um i mean i i get it i i i completely understand the security ramifications i just there's a lot of logon scripts that were done in vb script i may have some out there um if there's any of my legacy my old msp clients that still have on-prem servers there may be i suspect though there. that yours are better and are not like those ones I'm referring to. Oh, don't you, give me that. You, kind of you've credit. all seen them, yeah. right? You know, you, you yeah. go to a new client and the login script is 900 lines long and you don't know what it does. And you know, not a single the, comment like, whatsoever. The worst request is some new user needs a new drive mapped. Yeah. I, I love the drive map. I love like automatic download. We had one that was like automatic download to update the app 
on every login because the app had no self-updating function. So it was just a matter of download and update again. <laughs> and we had no way to check the age of it. Now, thinking back, I probably could have checked the hash of the downloaded file and compared. Yeah. Um, you know, that probably would have made sense. But this was then in the login was, script. Oh man. It was in the login script. It was, uh, it was a custom LOB. Um, it was a front end for a custom LOB. It was nasty. It was a nasty, nasty application. Um, actually one of the few MSP clients I got rid of that was very happy to get rid of. So, <laughs> so but, we uh, I, I, I talked about in some video, good hacks and bad hacks. That's a bad one. Yes, Don't it is a that. bad one. Give me some good ones. Give me some good ones from your... Uh, so the one I used in the video, um, yeah. I'm sure you've done this back in the before virtualization times, was being in the data center on the phone with someone who remotely pops open the CD drive because the server's not labeled. Never, never, never. No, um, it's like autoplay. Is autoplay still on in places anywhere? I, I can't. I'm trying to think of any devices I still have around. a CD player. I, like, yeah, we may have some rack servers in the data centers right now that have CD players or DVD ROMs. Yeah. Damn. Old shit. I remember how That's blown away I was because when I there's no tech debt. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that though. Um, I I like. Uh, I, I remember being blown away when I saw that there was uh you could put a micro SD card or an SD card inside the server so you could run the OS from there, like a VMware type situation or whatever. Um or back or you know, OS for ID rack reinstallation. I was like, wow, that's genius. That is it's so super cool. cool until the the SD card dies and then you get into those like you know, versions of raid SD cards basically on some motherboards. Um and Wait, then you're telling me you haven't like you don't use enterprise class SD cards and then have a hot swap SD card in another slot. I'm pretty sure that there are <laughs> machines out there with like, you know, micro center USB drives that are booting from. And then you yeah. do that for a while and decide I'm going to boot from Pixie anyway and just be done with all this. Did you know there's another you? There's another Matt Topper cybersecurity pro on LinkedIn. Like, so I was just looking for your post because I was going to do the whole thing of like sharing your your posts, and somehow we found your you're an Ashley bot. We found your doppelganger. <laughs> you look a wow. little different, uh, but Matt Topper, cybersecurity pro. Uh, I have to get in touch with this guy and like do some kind of interview or webinar or something with him. Well, yeah, I mean Tim uh, Tim Golden leans into it with the two Tims. Uh, so yeah, why not? I mean so. For anybody that you know is not uh, doesn't know, this is the real Matt Topper. This is the <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is the proper one. Um, but yeah, I was trying to look for your uh, your posts. Oh, you'll it was one of those those videos. So the the two that you see there are the that one's about Pearl, and yeah. the the XKCD mentions Pearl, and one of the videos it'll be hard to find. Is there out there? Look at you. You've been busy on well. Uh, I'm doing I'm doing Eric's thing, right? The uh the daily yeah. video. Oh, the challenge. Yeah. Yes. Uh he has a website for that, right? Do you um do you have he the does. website? I don't have your... it handy, but it's yeah. uh uh but if you're not on, go to the speaking of the MSP community, go to the Tech Degenerates community and Eric Bowles is in there um doing his challenge. So that's cool. Uh 
I'm inadvertently doing the challenge. I did nine uh, Amazon Prime Day deal videos the day before yesterday for 10th and 11th or 11th, 12th, whatever it was. Um, and they actually did pretty well. Uh, and then, you know, doing a bunch of other stuff. But I, I think I kind of get a pass because I'm already creating enough content each week anyway. Right. So. I think these you know. count, right? All the, the shows count. These count. Those daily videos. Once, four times a month. You're putting out content at minimum. So that's not bad. All right. What do you say we get into this whole, uh, let's get into the MSP news of the day or the, uh, what you call it? The stories of MSP the day. MSP news of the day. I'm on the wrong show. Yeah, right. Actually, that was just before us. MSP dispatch every Tuesday and Friday with Tony Francisco and Ray Rossini. Um, all right. So we have here lots of stuff going on. We had some things we wanted to talk about. So we had an update to last week's story with, it's an update on need some perspective on users that call incessantly. So for those that don't remember last week, we covered uh, a previous post by this person. Um, I wish I had some big juicy story. I don't sat down with management. They were more receptive when I really conveyed how serious this was. I never threatened to leave. They were going to talk to the two pain in the butts and have them cool it. Computer literacy should be part of employment and one of them may not last because of it. Karen is reti retiring Q1 and we'll be told to cool it and if she doesn't she'll be gone they're extremely happy with our service and their staff loves us um moral of the story keep communications open stay calm fair and firm i'm going to go ahead and say he, that the original poster is referring to us specifically since that was our advice and not I think all of the other it. people are yeah i'm positive they watched it i you know that's, that's the uh <laughs> that's a rule tony and i have take credit for anything that we possibly covered before just take credit for it, and that counts. Um, so not bad. I uh, that's a that's a win. I'll you know, congrats for them. A little bit more talking, uh, and so much more gets done in person versus phone calls and video meetings. Our MSP th serves three counties. I forget the power of a good old fashioned in person meeting. Yeah, for those hard conversations, I can see that. Right? Maybe you want to do that in person. Um, I'm sure you I had hard that. conversations. That's a controversial back in opinion. Days. Did you ever do I, like I, the whole get up and go visit in person to have one of those hard conversations? Oh yeah, I anything that that I could do in person, I preferred to have an in-person conversation. And sometimes even it felt like you would have better conversations on a phone call than a video call. Like you were more focused on the conversation than like your appearance and what everyone was looking like. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me. Um, but I tended to have better real deep conversations on phone calls or actually visiting the person. Yeah. I, uh, I personally like to find any reason not to go to an in-person thing, but there were some things like this, um, which we call it where, you know, I, I think it warrants, I, I never want to be having a hard conversation of your staff sucks and it's driving me nuts, like over the phone or, you know, yeah. on video call. Um, so good for them. I, I'm glad they had a nice <clears throat> uh, resolution, probably best, uh, best possible outcome. Um, one that I don't think will have the same uh, outcome. And actually, before we do that, let's cover our good friend, Kelvin Tehelar, actually just posted uh sip 4.4.0 is out uh let me find that so that's cipp.app or sip.app that linkedin's annoying um but there, his new version of my way which allows you to deploy apps across multiple tenants uh so stuff like halo psa amy bot so on and so forth um 
so yeah go check it out if you're a sip user get yourself updated and uh get to it all right let's see here this depreciation and amortization uh <laughs> i i think your discussion about this yeah this this is not going to be a long drawn out discussion but I, I would love you if you're comfortable share what you said when we talked about talking about this pre-show yeah i i am absolutely not qualified to comment on this besides i would go ask like a professional accountant or a finance person about it yeah i uh and that's the exact right thing um i have my opinions i have what i've learned as a business owner over the years um i am smart enough to say i'm not an attorney i'm not a doctor i'm not a cpa I am not the one to answer this. Uh, so this actually does violate one of the rules. So we will be removing it as long as I can learn how to do that. Uh, oh, it may have been art actually already removed. Um, oh, there it is. Okay. So you've seen it live, people. Uh, a post gets removed for a tax and legal question. Congrats. Um, all right. Managed <laughs> service providers. I, mean, I guarantee you at least at least one person right? wanted like, to see that at some point. That's why I figured, you know, why yeah. not? You know, know, know your own limitations as yeah. uh, not, not only a business owner, but as a tech, right, or, or whatever role you have. None of us know everything. And that's the exact reason you hire specialists or consult with outside experts. That, that's, that's kind of the point, right? Like, you don't want to, like, I'm not just removing it just to be a pain in the ass. I'm removing it. Um, I'm removing it because we're not, the person just asked 144,000 MSPs, what well, technology professionals, what we think of it. Well, we've had some, we have our practices and some people do their thing. Don't, wouldn't you want to ask the subject matter expert, go to our business and, or our entrepreneur, like our CPA, or talk to your actual CPA, which would be fantastic. And so that's a really good point. Talk to your CPA, not a CPA. They won't know the yeah. specifics or how you're set up or what your corporate structure is like or anything like that. They give you advice that may not fit in the context of how you operate. Well, and you have your limits, right? Like, so I'll give you an example. We were talking about my car um, that was just dropped off uh, this morning, pre-show. And with stuff like that, you know, that was absolutely a business expense, but it's it only works in scenarios where the rest of your expenses are lined up so you're not hitting any caps you're not mis, uh, misusing certain deductions like those are things only your cpa for your business can say um which i'm call it uh so you know while we can give advice or opinions or experience it's not going to match even if you ask another cpa it's not going to match other than the dreaded it depends right like <laughs> we're all sick of it. we do that too yeah oh yeah for sure <clears throat> oh, we do it all the time. What's what's the best EDR? Uh, it depends. Um, so yeah. If you want to know the best RMM, just check RMSP. <laughs> or last week, or the following week. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So uh, let's get to the good stuff. Uh, now that we got over uh, some of the other stuff. Um, embarrassed with the company I work for when dealing with customers. Okay, actually, let's uh, let's go over. Oh. I, I was not trying to be self uh self uh aggrandizing um but this http2 uh, rapid reset attack that is relevant to people go look uh cloudflare did some cool shit um not happy with how they handled it but it's out there so um 
easily mitigated, uh, but go read up, please. Um, do you have anything to add to the, had that risen to your radar yet, the uh, rapid reset DDoS? Uh, I'm sure you covered it properly today already. <laughs> yeah. It was I'm really it's down a rabbit hole. There you go. Um, all right. So embarrassed with the company I work for when dealing with customers. Uh, let's see. When dealing with customers, do you ever feel embarrassed? place you work when a customer asks you questions you basically have to take the brunt of the company not doing something it should uh, i was asked today if we have a formalized change management i'm a cissp i damn well know the importance of it and there's the first company i've worked at that doesn't do it there are other things there's just the most recent example i've tried to emphasize how important it is to get these two types of things implemented my company it's in the plan two years later nothing in this point i'm pretty much checked out i do bare minimum uh this is a version of uh what they call it? Not uh, not lazy leaving. Um, quiet, quiet quitting. quitting. Yeah, yeah, that's the one. Um, I do the bare minimum because apparently doing the bare minimum required processes aren't even important to the company. Is this how every MSP runs? It really just feels kind of awful somewhere, you know, not doing things properly. Um, <laughs> a lot to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to think where to start on this. You, you or I would start, like, let's discuss this, but the bottom line is this guy should just go find a new job and quit this place. Yeah, I mean, it, it sucks to, like, say, you know, fire the client. You know, the, the point is not to fire every client, of course, or quit every job. But, you know, so I'm going to go the other way. Yes, there is a point where, like, it's just management's not listening to you. You're not getting the things you want done. Polar opposite of your personal opinions and principles. Yes, move on. I'm with you 100%. Um, but there's also a role of accountability. I, most MSPs I know don't have several CISSPs on staff. And the ones that do have CISSPs on staff, they're usually in a security role. So I wonder what security role the CISSP is in that doesn't have control of some process and procedures when it comes to security. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like, and, yeah. I, I do. Um, and, and that's, that's what's prompting my re reaction is that obviously he knows what he's talking about. And I, I get the feeling that he's either concerned or doesn't like that he doesn't have any influence in actually making policy decisions and you know, if he feels like he's not going to be able to make any impact on this or have any influence, then go somewhere where you will have influence or somewhere that has this kind of stuff implemented yeah. already. Yeah, I don't I don't get it. Um, you know, and I'm not trying to rag on this poor person. Uh, obviously, we've all ended up in places we didn't want to be eventually. Stuff happens. Um, but my thing is just to be productive for the next time they go look for employment maybe ask some of the discovery questions to see if the role you're taking, you will have that control and the ability mm -hmm. to the agency to run your own stuff. Um, Cause I wonder, you know, uh, I don't know. Like, I, I wonder if there was, was a bait and switch or he took a role, this person took a role to where they didn't have the agency and they knew they were taking, yeah, there's a lot of what ifs there. Um, curious. Yeah. yeah. And I, I uh, think there's a more general question here though. Like, have you ever you know, been on the, side of defending your company with the decision that's unpopular amongst the clients and i think for all of us the answer is yes oh, to yeah. that. we've all yeah. done that a hundred percent um that's just part of the part of life and you know 
your boss is not always going to agree with you on things. Um, you should at least understand why, even if you don't agree with it, in yeah. my opinion. Um, but you know, and not all of those are reasons to quit. This one sounds like no. it might be, but a lot yeah. of them are just like, you know, price increases or some policy change that clients or what's like. included or yeah, yeah, absolutely. Right. right. You know, business stuff. Um, let's see. Uh, on the flip side, when I've tried to be the agent of change, you can end up putting a target on your back. Yeah. Um, but if that creates a target on your back, that's not the place you want to be, in my opinion. Um, these problems exist in every business, not just MSPs. Uh, you can either be a squeaky wheel or you can go a step beyond that and be the agent of change. It's what I would try. And if it didn't work, you know, uh, move on. Yeah. I, I read it as he had already tried that. Yeah, if, if I did not, too. then yeah, that's step one. Yeah, I, I I did too. This this to me sounds like somebody that already vocalized um, what was going on. Uh, yeah, no, not a chance in hell. The actual saying from the 1930s, I think it was Lucky Cigarettes commercial, uh, is the customer's always right for what they want to buy. Um, it's not actually the customer's always right. So, you know, saying if they're willing to put down the money, yeah, whatever reasons they have, they can put down the money. But uh, it's not that you have to agree with them on everything they say. Um, yeah, I've heard it phrased as the company is always right in manners of taste, as was one of the original. <laughs> there you go. Um, I'm almost scared to jump into this one. Uh, 365 audit logs as evidence. Um, I have a feeling we're going to see another uh, <laughs> another removal live on MSB Community Live. Uh, hello, we're being asked to provide M365 audit logs to be used as evidence in a civil case. How can this be provided and file integrity be preserved? Can we export the results and note the files hash? Is there another tool such as discovery? Um, I mean, you can, but you'll probably mess up chain of custody and your forensics. Yeah. Firm, but... Okay, so let, let's talk. I want to talk the procedural and business side of this, not the technical side of it. Because um, you're absolutely right. Anything you're going to do that's going to move the change any of the meta uh meta descriptors of the file is going to affect uh its validity in court um or at least cause it to be questioned there are right ways to do this and there are wrong ways to do this arguably the people requesting the data generally know what the right way to do it is so my from a business perspective not again i'm not talking what's legally right i'm not talking what's technically right I'm giving my procedural opinion. I'm not giving legal advice. I would push back and say, give me what you need. Give me the, we'll schedule time so that you can go in in a supervised, monitored, and recorded fashion and pull the data you need in the, in the manner you need. That's how I would approach it. Um, because the last thing you want to do is possibly taint whatever evidence and be accused of not doing it correctly. And then you get subpoenaed and you get pulled into this nonsense. Um, yes. Run for dear life. Um, what about you? How would you? Agreed. Okay. <laughs> I mean, this is. <laughs> and I know how to do it. Right. And I. Oh yeah, for sure. It. You and me both. Right. Like they, but... you're just asking for trouble by getting involved in that kind of thing. Um, so, so either, yeah, either a third party firm does it that's hired by one of the parties to the case yeah. or um, one of the uh, sometimes 
<clears throat> some legal offices have the ability to do it themselves with somebody in-house or some kind of forensic expert and they'll do it and your job is just give them access and watch while they're doing it yep digital access or digital uh, uh discovery and digital forensics not a fun thing to mess with if you don't know what you're doing um and even when you do it's not a good liability to take on anyway it's um, interesting because it is totally fun to mess with just not when it oh yeah it's counts. cool as shit okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a matter of not doing it where my my neck is on the line um yeah. you want to do growing msp drowning and support ticket spikes or customer verification let's do support tickets but customer verification is going to go just go into like use i think we've done that one before we have it's, it's come up at least that. twice in the last uh it's come up at use least something twice to validate your customers that that continues yeah. to be the advice yeah it's it's not that hard it's uh you can and do the, it with microsoft authenticator and, or do a push or a traceless or a million of other options right so all right so growing msp drowning and support ticket spikes we're growing msp between the scale up during COVID and the growth we experienced this year we at times are overwhelmed with support requests and find ourselves falling behind. We have a national customer base that requires 24-7 support. Our biggest challenge is to manage spikes in volume, especially for lower-level tickets. Any suggestions? So I'm going to admit I happened to read this yesterday, um, but I still agree with the general consensus, and, and that is there's not an easy button for this you you either don't have enough staff or you have something underlying at the client that's causing too many tickets yeah um i'm with you uh oh sorry about that um i'm with you it's it's one of those things where you need to how do i say this you need to plan right like you need to be constantly monitoring you need to know whether this is a temporary spike or a permanent spike um you know one of the things the way we build is uh, like most msps multiple tiers um but we purposely build in uh people on teams that are backfill only so backfill is their i'm sorry backfill is their secondary duty um they have other responsibilities but when things go crazy they know they are they're the runner-ups they're the ones that we're going to pull in uh or the batter-ups um they're the ones we're going to pull in to start to help out to help some of that ticket load um and we have that throughout the entire company what would um what would an example of that be would that be someone who spends a lot of time like doing installs or something or uh bench tech or something that can come out and help deal with overflow yeah typically it's anybody that has a little more freedom so project manager techs that work on projects instead um escalation points tier two tier threes they're expensive but you know when it's all hands on deck it's all hands on deck um the managers are also typically people that have already done the roles of the what they're managing so they're also able to step in um the tech lead uh tech lead role is typically just handling escalations and training coaching moments so mm -hmm. they're generally free to jump in on something and that person's at least a tier two or, or above um so there there's enough freedom in there on the tech side and all the other departments have something similar um or for a long time, our core services engineering team, it's our internal IT, but these are people absolutely capable of handling anything on the tech team. So when we had spikes, we went to like five or six times our normal ticket load a couple of weeks ago. Um, the CSE engineers jumped in and did work too. Um, 
and obviously their work fell behind a little bit, but you know, at the end of the day, the customer experience was a little better off for it, which is what we were striving for. Yeah. 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 Let's see what some of these answers are. They are higher, higher outsource. <laughs> so I mean, it's not wrong, but also be cautious because we just covered how many layoffs on MSP dispatch, not, you know, over the last six months, like, hundreds of thousands of layoffs because companies will over hire and then have to fire. So be careful. And I get most MSPs are not going to over hire by a hundred thousand <laughs> people, but it's very easy to over hire. And then you have a finance burden. It's also not the worst thing to be overloaded for a day or two, right? Yeah. Like sometimes yeah. you just get backed up there. There's no reason to start hiring for temporary spikes. Yeah, I, um, I, I agree a hundred percent. We uh, we have, whatchamacallit, so like phone calls, for example. We have multiple people that answer calls, but we have overflow for that. We have an answering service for overflow. Um, tech is much more difficult to do there, but I saw one of the comments was over outsource your overflow. Um, if I was going to add additional staff for that specific purpose, that's how, or for an increase in ticket load, that's how I would do it for a little bit, um, or write it out. Honestly, it's not, I get it sucks for a day or two, but if it's just a day or two, it's not a big deal. If it's a matter of, you know, you've gone four weeks and the ticket load keeps going up, that's a different conversation altogether. So yeah, you're, not. you're really the, the outsource overflow kind of scares me. You're really rolling the dice as far as the kind of quality of support that those guys are going to receive and be able to provide, not because of incompetence, but just because they're not familiar with your client base or your processes. And if you're like most organizations, the documentation is not at the level it needs to be for them to be successful. So I'm, I've heard this argument more times than I've heard the opposite. Um, you'll find it very surprising. I'm on the opposite end. Um, my perspective is, don't hire contractors or inside employees that you don't know how to manage and have a method for them to be successful. Because um, I think what you're describing there and what I've heard repeatedly from others is if you don't know how to manage contractors, you're going to fail. If you don't have documentation, you're going to fail. If you haven't vetted them properly or have a method for monitoring properly, you're going to fail. And what really happens is you're saying, well, you're, you're hoping it's going to be, it's going to come out successful, but you don't know. And my thing is, Anything you haven't specifically planned for, just expect it to fail. Like that's just that's how I look at life. Probably not the most healthy of ways of looking at life, but that's that's how I look at things. And so, you know, I'll look at them and I'll say, well, if I'm going to hire a contractor, I have these rules, um, and I have these things they need to follow. And if they mm -hmm. don't, I need to pick a different contract. Um, and like any employee, we have methods for spot QCing and you know checking, making sure they're following. And just like any contractor or any employee. We have an onboarding process. Um, I think the biggest mistake that MSPs make is they'll hire an outsourced contractor and just expect it to work. Just like they'll buy software and expect it to work. And if you do that, yeah, you're rolling the dice, 100%. Um, you know. I would look at it from a likelihood perspective in that it's not necessarily a binary success or fail, but I do think a direct hire who works with you all day, every day is more likely to succeed in unknown circumstance than someone who's off the street and relying solely on your docs. Yeah. Uh, well, that 
that falls back to a matter of experience and training, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. if you're saying internal employee, it's not because they're internal, because they're W-2 versus 1099. It's because they're immersed in the situation more often. Yes. 100%. They have the better training, right? That's So then maybe the argument is don't hire an outsourced person unless you can have that same level of immersion and training. And if you can't, you're going to, you know, it's going to be, like you said, it's a spectrum. It's going to be lower. Per- so we know for a fact that like when our answering service answers the calls, it's not the same level of support of service that it is when we answer the inside. I know that it's like you said, it's a spectrum. It's not similar where I call it a fail. It's just not our way. A hundred percent. You know what I mean? So I, I absolutely, I do. That. I knew. Um, you know. Yeah. Fun stuff. All right. Let's see what else we got here. We have <clears throat> all right, customer verification. We said we're going to skip it. I don't want to talk cameras. Um, small MSP growth. Uh, does your MSP automate employee onboardings, offboarding? This is interesting because it has a security component to it. Um, you want to go on this one? Yeah, let's do it. Hopefully the answer is yes to this question. <laughs> right? Um, all right. So does your MSP automate employee onboardings and offboardings? Uh, in my company, we onboard every new employee and offboard every terminated employee manually, not usually a problem. Until we have that one client that decides to send a ticket for 20 new users all at once, school system, multiple schools, new onboardings every week. I'm really surprised after a year of supporting this client, there have been zero talks about automating these procedures, not even partially. So I'm curious if anyone has ever worked at the MSP where these tasks were automated. If so, how and how did it work? Oh, they meant client employee. I read this as internal employee. Yeah, and I would argue you're probably not doing one if you're not doing the other. (laughs) <laughs> it it, it depends right? right yeah like for for internal we we were very big on architecting from the beginning all cloud-based all sso saml back stuff so, and all skim provisioning so it was very easy for us to automate things like account creation clients aren't necessarily like that yeah that's true that's true um yeah i mean the goal is to uh, one of our biggest pain points right now is driving me nuts is just works our peo doesn't have an api so like it's the one component where like i can't tie things into everything else does so yay um but it was to the point where like we were searching for other peos just like because it was that much of a pain um, yeah it's funny it's every conversation we have today starts with do you have an api uh, you know and it's it, it makes life much 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 easier so you're saying Excuse me. They should be doing it internally. Um, I don't disagree at all. And uh, did you get to read this? Did you see what the comments were saying? No, I did not read that one. All right. So we have a yes, we've automated as much of the process as possible. Initially done with forms and automate, power automate. Uh, We moved to Roost earlier this year. Um, Customer fills out form. That seems to be the most common. What I don't see here is, so Roost I know has the, and this is the problem with Microsoft Forms. Roost has knowledge of what 365 tenant you're in when you're filling out the form, as far as I understand it. So you have some level of at least identity uh, understanding. Um, if you do a Microsoft form or like a Cognito, you have the danger of anybody can submit that form, assuming they got access to it. Right. And most of these things are publicly available, listed in an iframe or a help desk toolbar. Um, you know that that has its downsides too. That has its dangers too. 
did you have any processes around that or um, do you have any recommendations for like people that have those kind of forms? We use them. We used a product called Formstack and stopped using Cognito because of that. And so okay. that one, you were able to have a requirement being that you signed in with valid Azure or I'm sorry, Entra ID accounts. <laughs> Um, now that doesn't solve your client issue, right? So, so that ends up with a form like the part of your client-facing portal solution is really the right way to do that. Yeah. Now, whether that whatever you're using does that connect to your automation platform? Totally separate question. But I do right. agree with not having the form being wide open and using either um, something that can tie into your Azure accounts or just your RMM portal for client stuff. Not our is whatever you're yeah. using for a client portal might not be native. Yeah, no, I, uh, I'm with you hundred um, percent. Yeah. It was, it was one of those things of like, cool, we have forums. Cool. We can do this. Cool. We can automate it. Wait, it's accessible to everybody. Wait, <laughs> like it's one of those, you know, security is not fun, man. Why, why do you guys, I was really annoyed by that because I, I <laughs> loved Cognito and had to drop them yeah. because of it. Same. We, we use Cognito for some stuff that is not as sensitive. Uh, but yeah, it, it sucks. Because like you said, Cognito is really good. Um, but yeah, we're actually, we use Form Titan with Salesforce, but uh, we're in the middle of searching for another form solution now. Um, all right. I don't care about tech. I don't care about sell. Sorry. Um, I don't care. About, I mean, I do. I love sell, but I just don't care about it. Um, eh. Uh, small MSP growth. Do you want to help an MSP grow for our last story? Or vendor sure. management sure. software? I think, uh, which one do you want to do? Vendor management or helping MSPs grow? Vendor management software is one of those things that, like, the, the answer is, it, it falls into that same bucket we've talked about a few times where the answer is just pick something and run with it and come up with something better eventually. But like, there's always something. Don't better. get so like sucked down in the tool yeah. selection, right? Like Excel works if you, you know, whatever. It's good enough. Oh, so this isn't really vendor management because I use ConnectWise configs for that, um, and and, auto, and workflow rules. But this isn't actually that. He's talking about uh, this is actually reconciliation. Oh. My boss has me log into each of our products every month, record the number of users, accounts, whatnot. Products include but not limited to Duo, Sentinel One, Datto, Logic Monitor, and many more. Oh, wow, that would be miserable. Feels though we're advanced enough with technology, there has to be a solution out there. <laughs> so, do you want to tell them or do I that most of this shit's built into a lot of the tools already? Right? I was going to say, like, yeah, there's stuff that tackles this, but most of these things sync with your PSA to begin with. Yeah, Hax8 syncs with most PSAs. Uh, I think TD Cynix and uh, and PNH uh, uh, have now too. Um, yeah, why why are you doing this manually? Like, find so find a vendor that makes your life easier. First of all, like this is uh, except for when it doesn't sync. Yeah, thanks, Dean. Um, <laughs> that too. Okay, I'm not saying you don't have to check the checkers. Of course you do, but <coughs> excuse me, um, but there's tools out or gradient uh you know um gradient has this um, yeah i mean that, that was there. their whole thing the billable product yeah. yeah um i want this too no one has really gotten a perfect one yet gradient was trying uh oh man was it trying <laughs> or when is it oh no 
except for when it does sync um or when it syncs wrong that happens i mean hell that happens with quickbooks um i don't know let's see i feel like the msps might have eaten him alive what do you think the uh comments are going to be i'm i'm hoping he said the same things we did me too that, uh you're looking for a psa that has integrations with those product vendors and the distributors yeah and then you'll do a bunch of it by hand. <laughs> Spoken like a true MSP. I love this that. This person has, and that commenter has been around. Yeah. Uh, I think we found Dean's alt, uh, alt character. Um, this is, though, it's one of those things that changes as you get bigger, in that yeah. it goes from a nice to have to you will not even consider implementing vendors that don't sync with billing after a while. We, we got to a it world is. where we simply couldn't. So going back to that that PEO conversation, that wasn't one of the questions. It was the first question because, yeah, we want to know about the benefits and we want to know about like some of the other stuff in the management. But as we've grown, having that automation ability, and then we'll take the onus of building out the automation. That's fine. Um, but having that automation ability, that requirement has become paramount. Like that has been the thing that we need to have, um, and absolutely we hold it against vendors that we have no if they have no api for pulling this stuff um and for the software companies i advise on or you know the ones i invest mm -hmm. in it's absolutely you guys need to do this this is not optional um yeah yeah as you get bigger and more mature more and more nice to haves become need to haves right sso yeah. api access psa integration all that stuff becomes you can't live without it as opposed to it's a nice benefit in the beginning it's funny because how many times have you seen, oh, I don't need this right now. I'll, I need to worry about it when I get bigger. And I would argue 99% of the time that phrase is said, the context is said in is absolute BS, right? Like we should have MFA. Oh, we'll do it when we get bigger. We should have user verification. We'll do it when we get bigger. No, no, no. What you're describing now, yes, as you get bigger, that's so much more important that your vendors have APIs, that your vendors have SSO, that your vendors have all this stuff to make your life easier. Um, that's the stuff I would argue that when you get bigger that you should be worried about, not the security stuff, not the general operation stuff. Um, Agree completely. But you, know, yeah. but, you know, we're old curmudgeons in the space. We don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> and yet people still sit and listen to us every uh, every week. Uh, all right, Dean. Uh, Dean. And now I got Dean on the brain. Great. Um, <laughs> all right, Matt. What, uh, what do you got coming up this week, man? <clears throat> so biggest thing I'm going to keep plugging are... IT Nation Gives um, originally started as like a, a 5K and that's still part of it, but it's now much, much bigger. A lot of cool things going on for the uh, Canines for Warriors charity. So I uh, hope to see you at IT Nation, but if you're not there, Absolutely. You come check it out and uh, donate on the ConnectWise page. We'll, we'll throw the link somewhere. Yeah, we'll put up the link in the chat in a minute. Uh, I have the IT Nation gives uh site um but if you put a different link uh simon will make sure it's in the show notes um and this is the uh and i can't remember any it nation i've ever been to that didn't have some kind of charitable component um as a pre-day or something during some kind of event like building homes for uh habitats for homeless um and other stuff so uh i really love that it's really awesome um and yeah, and if uh, you want to join the MMN Discord and tell us how you're participating too, I'd love to hear it. Uh, let's see what we got coming up here on MMN. 
We have Community Live. You just heard it. We have Wins and Losses next Tuesday with Jason Slagle and myself. AI Roundup on Wednesday, uh, 10 a.m. Eastern, episode 32. Uh, and then we'll have the Tech Bar podcast with Megan Killian, Killian of MKC Agency. Uh, and, of course, we have MSP Dispatch uh, presented by MSP Media Network every Tuesday and Friday. All right, Matt, anything you want to say to our lovely uh, audience before we take off? No, thanks for uh, for listening to us. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Until next time, take care of yourselves and each other. been a broadcast of the MSP Media Network.